We're rolling. This is it. This is episode 284 of No Laugh Track Podcast. This is Justin Severson, the host. Circle of Heat. Uh, let us play their music there at the beginning. Thank you, fellas. My guest this week has not been, did not, we did not record. I think it's the first time since I started this podcast. We went a calendar year without recording well, an episode, Jackie Cation. That's because I, I, was, I, was, uh, I wasn't here, except I'm going to take this out. Go ahead. Uh, that's how lazy I am. I'm taking. I'm, I'm using my mic skills, you guys. I'm just going to hold it. Um, yeah, I was here a year ago, December, to record my my new album. Yes, I think that was the last time I was on the show. Correct. And then last year, it was not an anniversary year, so I didn't come back, and <laughs> right. I didn't wasn't working on a new album, so I didn't come back. And because uh, Lewis will let me feature if I'm working on a new album, I gotta oh, you know, sort of tighten up a a twenty. Yeah. Because then I can bookend it with five old, five old, and then the 20 that I need to get tight for the new album. Yeah, yeah. Well, not a new album yet. <laughs> it's weird. early days. So I just had the album came out in March of 2017. Yes. So. How, uh, I, I shouldn't even How did it do? This, How did it do? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, How it did, did it well. Do? It did really well, though. Dan Schlissel hilariously, at the end of the year, sent me an email. He's uh, stand-up comedy, right. stand-up records. Yep. Um, he sent me. An, he said, "I'm so mad you didn't make that end of the year list." And I was like, "I didn't notice I didn't make an end of the year list. What happened?" And uh, and now I have to go look at an end of the year list, which I was not included. Which I was not. I don't know if you know this, uh, but uh, I didn't. Do we care about this end of the year list? Whose list? For some reason. Whose list? I only care when I'm alerted to the fact that there's a list <laughs> of things people liked. I am eligible to be liked. Yeah. On that list, and yet I am not on that list. Oh, the outrage! Oh, oh! Thank you for giving me an opportunity to feel. Um, and everybody else on the list was, I'm sure, I can't remember even what list it was. Yeah. All I remember is the uh, is the disappointment that I was not on the list. So. It could be filled with people, none of which you respect. That You, you may know out, all of them and be like, no, they suck, they suck, no, they suck. I believe seven of the ten I totally respect. Oh. And then three of them I was like, hmm, I see why. That guy's got a nice haircut. And that lady does a lot of sit-ups. You know how like when you ever look through <laughs> like your your peers or like why someone has made it a little bit oh, further? Oh, yeah. And you're just like... No, I, I see. I'm just not good looking enough or mm-hmm. something. Or I'm not young enough or I'm not tall enough. Or yeah, that's where your brain goes. It picks the most random thing that right. totally probably has nothing to do with it. Probably not. It can't. I mean, it, it's. I'm not saying that looks and, and doesn't have to do with absolutely every job, not just show business. Every job. If you were better looking than your coworker and you both have comparable, if like she might be better at the job, but he's a dude, he's going to get the job. Yeah. And if, uh, if it's two dudes and one guy's taller, often he'll get the job and they've done studies. People are idiots. We're animals, is what I'm telling you. <laughs> I agree. Is, uh, we're animals, and I wish, to some extent, that we would get past it. And then other parts of me are like, well, I like making out with a guy. <laughs> I'm an animal. I like my fella. I got a husband. We make out. Sometimes we make out, you guys. We're married. Prove we're sanctioned. It. We're sanctioned by, by God and the government. <laughs> so we can make out. It's okay. So, if you we were, I was watching an episode of uh, my kids and I like to watch Wheel of Fortune together. Sure. 
How bucolic. <laughs> yeah. It gets competitive sometimes. Sure. We've pick got, a letter. Pick a letter. We've gotten to the point where if I get the puzzle answer before they do, they tell me just to announce that I know it, but not to announce the answer. So yeah. they still have a chance. Here, Here's an idea. You're much older than they are. Why don't you cut them some slack? <laughs> what? You're like, I whip, beat you. Beat you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, you know. This How old may, are they now? 11 and 9. Okay. They so, know words. They know phrases. <laughs> You're almost an adult. Come on. Yeah. If this, were, if this were Hong Kong, you would have been working for at least three years. So there. Speaking of that, I had my, uh, I gave my kids some chores yesterday. And my, my, I gave my, I told my one, I asked her, I didn't tell her. I asked her, I said, could you please uh, empty the dishwasher for me? I'm going to rinse some stuff off. I'll fill it. You empty them out. And I was watching her how good of a job she did, and I was like, you're ready to get a real job. You've already oh, started bringing in an income. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. we got to put this kid to work. Uh-huh. Uh, by the way, never finished. Uh, my new album, which came out, was recorded here live at Acme a year ago. Yes, uh, it was. New Year's. is called I Am Not the Hero of This Story. It was number one on Amazon and iTunes the first week and opened at number three on Billboard. Uh, never made Billboard before, so... Uh, number three, and as they say in the business, without a bullet. <laughs> Sans bullet, you guys. Just Sans a, bullets. Yeah, just number three, and then I believe gone almost immediately. <laughs> but made the, the 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 list, and I never made it before. So nice. you should go out there, uh, check it out. It is available to listen to for free, or you could uh, spend some money. It's available uh, for free. Yeah, it's on Spotify and Pandora oh, and sure, sure, sure. all the places. I get a kickback for that. Uh, the YouTube, for some reason, the distributor puts... The the entire album up on YouTube. Oh, they do? And I don't know that I get any money for that. But uh, they're the ones who got it onto iTunes, so I guess they get to do whatever they want with okay. it. And, and it's a good album, and if you just want to get a taste of it, you can go to YouTube and look for it. You know how I've listened to it. Yeah. I did not, I, have, I didn't listen to it free. I did not listen on YouTube. I didn't technically buy a copy. But I have paid for the uh, Amazon Unlimited Music Access. Oh, there you go. And that is, it's available there. Yeah. I think even if you're just a Prime member, you can listen to it. Oh. Maybe. I don't know about that. So, uh, but yeah, it's on Amazon. And if you have unlimited music, it's totally available. Yes. You can You can listen to it that way. It is. All of my albums. Knock yourself out. <laughs> listen to me get better. Or if you listen to the backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Would you do that? Would you dare do that? <laughs> I have done that. And uh, it is uh, like watching myself turn into a vampire. <laughs> it isn't okay. It isn't, <laughs> it isn't anything that I would recommend I do. Uh, but if other people, you get some nice backstory because it's all one arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened was is I hadn't uh, headlined in, a, in about a month or so. I took a month. And I was just featuring, and I was just doing short sets around Los Angeles, and um, and then I had a I got a last minute replacement gig down at the the Brea Improv um, in Brea, California, um, and I go, and it was I think it was three nights, I think it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I go on Thursday, I do my set, it was fine, but it was I had forgotten a couple of like the bits that are not in rotation. Sure. In a 20-minute rotation, like in a 20, 30-minute rotation. So I decided to listen to all my albums. And I was like, first of all, I realized, because a lot of my comedy is storytelling, yeah. that I repeat pieces of stories uh, in each of the albums. Oh. So, And people have given me some guff for it. And those oh, really? people okay. uh, can, quite honestly, fuck off. <laughs> uh, you write a joke. And plus, it's a story. It's an ongoing story. 
some people haven't heard the other album. Sure. How about we give them a little backstory so they can get up to speed? Yeah. And uh, so, um, but it was kind of fascinating. And I know why they told me that I repeated things because it was a little jarring when you listen to them in the row. Oh, okay. And you're like, didn't she just do a version of this? Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Yes. So it was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, the album's great. Oh, thank you. I really like it. Thank you. I even love the, uh, I don't. Are these examples of like little throwaway, like I feel like there's something you say right at the beginning where um, it was the, you recorded, it was Christmas? No, you, New, New Year's, Year's week. week. Yeah, yeah, New Year's Week. And then at the beginning you're like, ah, Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Hanukkah, well, all thing. this stuff. And then you go, yeah, I say this every year. It's, I'm sort of like a, a, like a, I don't know how you say it, like a dad joke. Yeah, yeah. I say it every year. I'm like somebody's dad, yeah. That little throwaway line, like that made me laugh really hard. Just yeah. the... Oh, the classic dad. Oh, right. funny, funny, funny. There's that joke he's got every year. We, we right. laugh for two seconds. And... Right. And sometimes you laugh and sometimes you go, oh, why is he telling this again? Yeah. And then you laugh the next year mm-hmm. because uh, you're like, oh, he's still telling this joke. It's funny again. Yeah. Uh, no, the joke is almost never funny. Uh, it is the repetition and the love you have for that man. That's correct. That makes you laugh every four times. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> I th- feel like the material on the slate is very personal. Do you think more personal than... I am getting... It, it is an interesting... Like Horcrux, which was the album before this, mm-hmm. uh, was super personal. And I didn't know that it would get more personal. It's weird. It's The stuff I'm writing, it's... Every time I was thinking about this last night is that my comedy has been changing for the last couple of years. And I, like everyone, hate change. And except for that in comedy, if you don't change, you stagnate. Okay. And so you either have to, I, I mean, I don't know. What does Stephen Wright do? I, I, I haven't followed him close enough. But you know how he writes short one-liners. Mm-hmm. Set up, punch, set up, punch, set up, punch. And... um he has to he has to write three times as many jokes as myself, for example, because he's working uh, on t- ten second increments and I'm working on two minute increments. Yeah. So, um, he's still got to fill the forty five, and so does he. Has his comedy changed? It must, right? From one, like. Every every five or ten years, I was thinking. I was thinking, you know, my comedy's changing. Every time it changes, I'm terrified that it's going to be either less funny, or it's going to be. And especially a lot of this stuff that I've been writing lately has been much. I've always been sort of sociopolitical, sort of parable-y kind of yeah, jokes yeah. about my family, and um, and foolishness. Right? I mean, that's a lot of comedy. And then, but th- this this album particularly is much more pointed and much more hey we have to get it together because there's a shit show going on outside of this room yes and um and i worry like a lot like that first 10 minutes was almost all brand new not entirely but um i worry i don't want it to ever become uh, a lecture series, right? I want people to come in and go, oh, I'm going to hear jokes. And then some of the people, like there was like probably three or four people in the audience last night who were not psyched that I was doing some political comedy. Oh, okay. and, and I always, I make the announcement in the beginning. I was like, traditionally, I've not been a political comic and I don't want to be one now. Yeah. But I am alive 
and I, we are here, and I can't, I'm not writing anything except for possible dystopian endings and uh and possible uh you know utopian endings i mean that's those are the things i'm writing for and towards and i want to be because of how much is frightening like people are scared people are scared out there and they're angry yeah and i to some extent without getting on some sort of pedestal or high horse i think the job of comedy is to be to diffuse that or to point it in a positive direction, you know? Yeah. And so the last, uh, probably two weeks ago, I did a show in Los Angeles, and one of the young comics, one of the new guys, he's probably 24 or 25, he's he's DACA. He's a a dreamer guy. His parents are, he came when he was 12, and his parents uh, were illegal immigrants, and... He was made eligible for DACA, which is a grueling process where you have to prove that you're um, going to be an asset to the country. So it's it's sort of like immigration itself mm-hmm. in the fact that you have to prove that you have spent – and he spent 10 years, 12 years in this country since he was 12 um, – having jobs, getting good grades, uh, you know, all these different things. And now he's like, and so he was doing jokes about how he was about to be deported to a country he's never been to. He hasn't been to since he was 12. Yeah. He's like, if I got to go back to Peru and start raising bananas for a living, it's going to be a great disappointment to me. (laughs) And, uh, and he was like, it was so personal and it was so, you could tell he was, he was he ha- felt that obligation, but exponentially okay. than I do, right? Yeah. Because he's like, it's got to be funny. These nobody has to be sad for me. Nobody has to be like we got to march for this guy. Yeah, we just he's like, I got to find some humor in this, and that's how comics deal with things. So, have you seen you know what you're. Uh worried about happening to yourself have you seen that i have no names of course but have you seen that happen other like not changing oh god you've yes. seen the you've seen oh, I what happened meant uh the lecturing like oh, no the, uh, yeah that is what i'm asking things. actually yeah. well here's okay there's two things that i've witnessed <laughs> that are a warning to us all okay uh, one is the comics who get bitter on the road because uh, the people they came up with got famous and they didn't or they got successful and they didn't or they something happened and they didn't and they're they don't feel they don't feel psyched about where they're at right and i have always thought to myself if i get to do stand-up comedy that is a win i mean if i get to do an unsent which is what stand-up is it's an uncensored opinion of what i think is funny about service animals a topic many people are addressing right now and uh but if i get to do that that is to some extent to the biggest extent its own reward you know if i have to get a day job uh one day again uh i will be irritated but i will not think it's the end of the world because stand-up stand comedy is such a, a, a dream and a gift and a thing that I love that I don't see myself ever stopping it. Did you see Bill Cosby went up? Yes. What, yeah. a week or so ago? Yeah, a week yeah. or so ago. He went up at, uh, uh, he went and him and his wife went inside jazz band. And they were like, hey, do you want to come do some time? And 
I know, and I think we've talked about this, about how I know that he's been writing jokes for the last three years, right? Because, but nobody's putting him up because he's a monster. Right. And, but I guess if you roofie 60 people, it doesn't mean you stop writing comedy. And uh, so he gets up and he does 20 minutes or whatever. And it's storytelling and it's supposedly, you know, entertaining and fun. And, you know, it's yeah. funny because he's a funny guy. He's just broken. Yeah. And, and any number of women have been interviewed. They were like, hey, you roofied me. It's weird. I would have slept with him even though I knew he was married. And for some reason, he needed to have me be unconscious. And I was like, yeah, that's because he's a rapist. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, but everybody was all mad at the audience at this jazz club. They were like, they just, they didn't boo him off. They just sat there politely and some of them laughed. And I thought, yeah, that's a jazz club. Those people will sit through anything. <laughs> have you been to a jazz club? They'll sit through like a 14-minute saxophone solo. Just where... to try to figure out if it's good. Right. And then at the end of it, they're like, no, that wasn't any good. And you're like, that he should definitely go to jazz clubs. Yeah, I suppose. Because they are the most patient sons of bitches you've ever met in your life. <laughs> right. And you're like, <laughs> check out the opera. Bill. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> where people <laughs> don't know what they're watching, mm-hmm. they don't know the language, but they sit the through three hours of it, uh-huh. and they're like, "Well, that was incredible." That's what a great analogy, it? actually. I just liked the uh, the rhythm. I just <laughs> liked you? the rhythm. Did you? <laughs> okay. I just like the comedy. The guy that was talking the comedy happens to be dis- just a disaster of yeah. a person. Uh huh. But. Oh my god, too funny! And so I've I've met the bitter, right? Mm-hmm. And um, or people on the road who have just sort of given up. Like I think that if you're afraid to change, a couple of things can happen. Well, no, only one thing: you stagnate. <laughs> so if you if you're afraid to change, but you keep doing stand up, I think you keep doing the same stand up. Yeah. And you might write new jokes, but they're the same pattern, and it's the same thing, and it's never anything that's going to cost you anything. Sure. Intellectually, emotionally, any of it, right? Yeah. And then there's the other thing where uh, the thing that I'm more afraid of, (laughs) which is... Dennis Miller. No, uh, so you know how Dennis Miller (laughs) used to do a lot of Smarty Magoo, like, references? Oh, yes. Yes. And then got sucked up his own ass and started, uh, like, was looking for a thesaurus, no doubt, up there. (laughs) And got so sucked into that world, it became boring Mm -hmm. and repetitious and... Now all he does is lecture, and he lectures right-wing politics uh, with occasionally a joke mm, that yeah. is usually at the expense of someone who is doing fine. Why would you? Why would you? Uh, oh, who isn't doing fine? That's right. He's punching down. So not. <laughs> yeah. So Dennis Miller is a mess as well. Uh-huh. So like both of those comics, I see those comics. Sure, and I'm okay. like, oh, there, but for the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And so as much as being scared I think being self-aware of, of, of the Dennis Miller trap and being, because the other one's easier. Stagnating is easier than not. Sure. Because you can just sit in your own BS mm-hmm. and swim around. Yeah. And you're still getting work. 
and it becomes less cool work and less cool work and less cool work as you get older. But you're like, well, I need to, I need to work. And uh, I'm making a living. (laughs) And you're like, stop. (laughs) But, um, yeah. So, but I've always been aware of that. The possibility of doing the road, getting too dirty or too boring or too, too sitting in my own whatever it's like so whenever anybody says hey are you still doing jokes about your dad i get furious oh because i'm like he said something new he said a new th- i remembered a new thing about my dad everybody has a dad and that i write the joke that i was gonna write anyway yeah, so but i get slightly yeah but i get more defensive because <laughs> i worry about being that stagnant i see I and see. then the lecture thing it's not like you're known as the jokes about my dad comic. Right, but for that person I was. Yeah. And so why wouldn't I completely glom onto that and send it to committee? <laughs> <laughs> like a crazy person. <laughs> anyway. I listen to you. Uh, I've, I don't know. I'm so late on the game, but I've become a big fan of Pete Holmes, and I listen to you on his podcast. Oh, he made it weird. Yeah. Uh, you know what was the weirdest thing about that? It's a two-hour podcast. Yes. That's super weird. Yes. Do you know how weird that is? It's almost so weird I don't want to do it. <laughs> but I had a new album coming out, so uh-huh. it had to be had to be done. And plus, he's he's been really nice to me. I just did a, an ad for his HBO show. I wasn't on the HBO show. Oh, I heard you. Yeah, I heard you talking about this on uh, Jackie and Laurie. Yeah, yeah. It's an ad for the and uh, his show, his show is called Crashing. Yep. And it's a it's a it's a, a caricature. Of how bad he was when he started mm-hmm. and, and why he started and all this stuff. So it's kind of sitcom like that, right? Yep. It's about stand-up. And so we did uh, like an hour shoot, and it was supposed to be stories, just sort of nightmare stories from the road and from doing stand-up. And I ended up, I told probably seven stories. The one they pulled for the commercial was and I told them this while we were recording, just so to, to exonerate me, is that that story isn't actually about me. Oh, I was there, I saw it, and it works better as a first person story. Okay, but it was a story about when I first started doing stand up, and the headliner, the MC, was mocking the headliner for some reason, which I wouldn't have done because I was super like nineteen and shy and whatever sure. uh and so but this guy he was just kind of get busting his balls a little bit, and when the headliner when he introduced the headliner, the headliner came up and it's nineteen eighty four remember so he's smoking and he put out a cigarette in his hand when he shook hands with him, oh Jesus, yeah, because he's like hey and uh here's your your next act. Jim or whatever his name is yeah. and uh, so Steve puts his hand out and the Jim guy puts out a cigarette in his hand holy crap yeah you know what that is that's a disaster of a person right there yeah that's that's some bad that's some bad mojo yeah so but i was there for it but i it did not happen to me so if you're watching the ad i told many other fascinating stories that did happen <laughs> to me but uh i don't know if you can tell i'm a little wordy they needed it to be tight <laughs> and so they just picked out one of the stories that was like oh okay has it been airing Yesterday. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, it, right. it just went up yesterday on HBO. Oh, all right. To advertise right. the the premiere, the season premiere is coming up of Crashing. I think it already happened. Oh, did it? Yeah, I think uh, we're like four episodes in. Oh, weird. So I don't know why, because we only shot it like three weeks ago. Weird. Maybe that it's promote weird. promote like the second half or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm up to date. I've as of except I missed. Have the you most gotten recent. to see two dope queens? 
No. Four one-hour variety specials. Yes, I heard about, I read about this. And it was, uh, the first I've one... always loved those guys. Uh, and I don't listen to any, po- I have two podcasts. I don't listen to any podcasts. <laughs> Very sad. Uh, but the, uh, it's because I, I, I don't, uh, you know, when I used to drive a lot, then I would listen to books on tape or pod, the radio. I do all kinds of things. Yeah. And I don't drive as much. I fly all the time, but I'm mostly reading a book for some reason. Anyway, so, but Two Dope Queens are these two young women mm-hmm. for, in New York. Uh, they For like three years, they've had a podcast at WNYC, and it's called Two Dope Queens. Yep. And they are young African-American women, 27, 28 maybe. Phoebe Robinson, Jessica Williams, and they're great stand-ups apart. And then together, they're such good friends that their chemistry, they're just uh, freaking, it's so hilarious and comfortable. And they talk about real issues and they joke about real things that people in the, women in their 20s, men in their 20s. So, you know, just sex and boyfriends and and, uh, race and politics and Mm -hmm. all the big issues that happen to everybody's lives. And then, um, so Two Dope Queens, they banter. They introduce a comic, they come back, they interview somebody, uh, they come back, they banter, they introduce a comic, and then I think they wrap it. And then they might be like a game, like, okay. uh, what shouldn't you do? Or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what the games <laughs> are. <laughs> and um, But the, I got to do a set on one of the one-hour one specials. Oh, nice. So it was cool. Yeah. Yeah, there, one has aired, I believe, last yes, Friday. Yes, Michelle Buteau. And you were not on that one. I was not on that one. Okay. Michelle Buteau was the comic that I remember was on that one. And I can't remember. might have been Mark Normand. But it's Mark Norman, Michelle Buteau, By, uh, Baron Vaughn, yeah. myself, and then I think two other comics, but I can't remember their names. So how much okay. do you do on, on there? Just like 7 to 10, okay. I think. And it was literally, hey, you're doing 7 to 10, which is like a normal way... You go to a show and just do a guess set. It's usually not a thing that happens when you're shooting for HBO. Right. So, uh, and nobody checked my material. What? Oh, and that's rare. Almost unheard of. Right. For television. For television. Yeah. It's the only other time it happened was a show I did in the late 90s. um, uh, Was called uh, Late Friday or something like that. Okay. And it was run by this woman who ran a really cool alt room in Los Angeles and it was on so late at night on like CW or WB or something at the time. And so I show up to the, she books me. I show up the, uh, the guy who walks me to the stage is a guy who now books some damn thing, right? He, for years he booked uh, Chris Hardwick's At Midnight. Okay. So he's probably booking something else that's comparable yep. or some other stand-up thing. So he's walking me to the stage and he goes, so you know you're doing like 7 to 10, right? And I said, yeah. He goes, all right, have fun. And then I go up, I do my set, and then I do the show again because I saw that people got to do it twice. And so I asked if I could, I asked the woman booking it, Lisa Lion Gang, if I could do it again. And Bart's walking me, Bart Coleman is walking me to the stage the second time. And he goes, it's a different seven, right? You're doing a different seven to 10. And I said, yeah. <laughs> and I loved that. I loved the respect. Like he had to ask. Sure. But I loved the amount of, we're all adults at work. You're not going to pull your dick out, and I'm not going to repeat comedy, <laughs> right? I mean, just something normal, right? right. Like, we all know we're at work. <laughs> Completely insane. 
These days you do have to, uh, men- some, I guess you do have to mention the most basic. Just remember, we're, we're not doing that. We're, we're, yeah, please. I swear to God, 75% of all men have accepted that women want to vote and walk around by themselves. Yeah. But, and it's Crazy. only been like 150 years that we've gotten to. Crazy stuff. Prior to that, you had to have a dude with you. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, some dudes would be like, oh, that's a woman alone? Oh, I get to just kill that woman then, right? And that, then fuck her? Or wait, the other way? And uh, so, uh, which, which way is it? Do I screw her first and then kill her or kill her and then screw her? I could do either. There's another one right over there. Anyway, so... I've been parking in the uh, Skyway recently, downtown Minneapolis, uh, yeah. St. Paul, pardon me, when I work uh, Minnesota Wild Games. I've been mm-hmm. parking in the Skyway. And some nights, it's a little shady up there where I don't feel safe. And then you see those signs when you're in you know, certain parts of the Skyway, like, if you, you can call and get an escort. And I know that those things were put up there for women. <laughs> Right. But I'm walking by myself at You're 10 like, o'clock going, I wouldn't nah, mind an escort. Yeah, I mean, if somebody came and joined me here, I I would welcome that. I would welcome somebody yeah. in a vest. Uh-huh. Is there someone in a shiny vest that yeah. could walk in with In fact, uh, the last time I did this, uh, two two different times, cop a pair of cops walked by me. Mm-hmm. And the sec- first time, I just kind of smiled at him. Second time, uh, it was just five minutes later, walked by me, and I went, guys... It's nice to see you up here. And they yeah. both said, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. And I did feel a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's nice just to get, because 25%, for some reason, some people have not been civilized. Yeah. And the rest of us who are civilized have to actually get in their face and go, you're being, you're being real dumb. Yeah. And you have to stop it because uh, the new social contract for the last couple hundred years is uh, not to do whatever's happening here. This is sort of like the, uh, uh, you told a story on Pete Holmes thing about some 80-year-old man that you... Oh, I'm doing that on stage, too, oh, you where are. I pushed an old man. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're doing it on stage. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, so come out and see me, you guys. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I and I'm not the hero of that story. That's a weird... That's a weird thing for me to have done. But I seriously, we're in such a weird time that, because I, I sell a shirt right now. I have a new, I have new merch. Come on. <laughs> not and you. It's not me. It's a, it's a meat shield shirt. So uh, like, because I think I'm a white lady meat shield in this mess that we are currently in politically. I am a, a, a you are to hide behind me. Right. If, because when cops kill middle-aged white ladies, it turns out, uh, there's an uproar. And, uh. And some people, too soon. Well, I would love that to never be too soon. Right. Because uh, that would mean that they wouldn't have killed a 12-year-old black child in the last week. Mm-hmm. And that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. So um, but so the Meat Shield t-shirts are gorgeous. They really are. I should show you because I also have enamel pins. And I I have... Um, so I like this week. This is what I've got for March. Okay, got my new yeah, album. I was going to ask. I am the new hero of. I am not the hero of the story. I've got the new album. Uh, I have too much merch. I don't sell that much merch, just so you know. But I like people to have a selection, mm-hmm. and uh, and I make a couple hundred bucks a week, and that pays for all my meals and stuff. So yeah, that's yeah. it's not. I mean. I'm not going to say no to two hundred dollars or a hundred bucks a week, right? Mm-mm. That's nice. Yeah. So um, the. 
the, I sell. So this week I have the Dork Forest, which is my podcast. I I used to travel with the two T-shirts for that. Yeah. And I just decided this trip that I'm not going to travel with those T-shirts anymore. People can get them online. They're Dork Forest T-shirts. They're very nice. Yeah. Uh, so I have with me the Spooky Reading Girl T-shirt, which is a joke from the Horcrux album, and the Meat Shield T-shirt, which is a joke from the Hero t- uh, album. Right. And so and there's enamel pins for Spooky Reading Girl and Meat Shield. <laughs> All the proceeds from my album, the Spooky Reading Girl, at pins and T-shirt, that goes to me, Jackie Cation. That's right. I, uh, I I buy things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Meat Shield T-shirt and the pin those will benefit the ACLU, Black Lives Matter, and the Southern Poverty Law Center, whatever, because uh, they're the only ones that are standing up for a bunch of little guys. Yeah. And and what I think is the is the I, the the illusion of America. I've always believed in it. I love the idea, and mm-hmm. I think that we should fake it till we make it, and just keep plugging along. You know, who didn't love the Magna Carta, mm-hmm. huh? The Constitution, the Code of Hammurabi. Let's do this. <laughs> the idea that we're all in this together. That's right. We're all equal. We all have the same opportunities. That is such an illusion that I am willing to pretend is real until it is real. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and we were getting there. Granted, super slow mm-hmm. for people that are not middle-aged white ladies who were born in a gravy boat. <laughs> and I wasn't born in a golden gravy boat, but when I look back on my childhood, I'm like, no, always food, shelter, and the advantage of not being murdered because I was brown. Yeah. So uh going to go forward by thinking that's a gravy boat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it was sweet, all of it, but uh, not going not gonna, to not gonna blind myself to it. Yeah. Anyway, but that's the that's the merch story. Well, that's really cool that you're doing the donating. Yeah, it's uh, it at first I was like, what a cool shirt because I got Jenny Fine who is from Minnesota, okay, uh, to do the art on it. It's very June Cleaver, uh, lady with pearls. Oh yeah, on a shield, and then it says in Latin on the front, "Get in the way of bad behavior," and then on the back in English it says, "Getting in the way of bad behavior." Nice. And so, um, malice impetract. I forget the. It's uh, the Latin. That's I forget the Latin. The, yeah, the, there's one more word. I forget. Anyway, um, but I was like, "Oh, what a cool design! I'm gonna make." Oh, <laughs> maybe I, maybe I shouldn't make any money on the, uh, on the on the white people talking to stupider white people joke. <laughs> maybe I should maybe give that back. That's a great joke, and especially and uh, when you're listing all the different groups, and then when you get to white men. Mm. Where I fit in, right? I Straight that white was, guys. Yeah, that's your task. Yes, I thought it was really interesting where you where we fit in. Yeah, yeah, that's a good joke. Everyone, get out there. I think it's the politics uh, track. Okay, yeah, it's one of the first ten the yeah. ten minutes. So one of the first three or four tracks. It's a great. And joke. then the it's so funny because I do the genocide story, the Armenian genocide story about my grandmother. Yes, and then I do the story by dad having surgery. He had heart surgery. Yep. And uh, my father, who got the album, he was like, I can't believe you made something so sad, so funny. And I was like, yeah, that genocide thing's pretty intense. And he goes, no, no, my surgery. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, Dad, you're killing me. I was like, he did everything about you. you. And he's like, imagine if your grandmother hadn't gone through the genocide. We would, we would, we would be in Armenia. I'd be a shepherd. Is yeah. that something? And I was like, oh, my God. 
She spent three months in the... Are you kidding? You're kidding me with this, that somehow she did it for you. And he's like, well, in the end... It's great that your dad is still the same person, and that it's there's he's there's not an imposter showing up. You would know immediately. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, he was right after the surgery. He was uh, much. He was trying much more to be. And he had had a good scare, like sure. a, a hell of a death scare, and he does try to be a good guy sometimes, but he has to be. I mean, he's so self-absorbed. It's almost complete. Sure. The the shell upon, around him. Tink, <laughs> tink, tink, tink. You can't get past it. Usually you got to remind him. My sister had her first kid. I called him and I said, uh, Hey dad, uh, Darla, uh, Darla and Sam had their baby. Um, it's girl. It's her name, blah, blah. And so I hang up the next day. I called, I called everyone in the family. Right, because Darla was like, "Hey, could you tell everyone that the baby was born?" And I was like, "Yeah." So I call everyone. No one called her. No one called her. Oh. Two, two of my brothers talked to her, and so I had to call everyone back. And I called my dad back, and I'm like, "Hey, it wasn't just an announcement. It was also I didn't know that I was going to have to tell you to call your daughter oh, no. and say congratulations on the birth of her first child." Oh, and he goes, "Oh shit!" And I was like, "Yeah." She knows. On, why don't you get on the horn, pop? And uh, and then the second kid's born, I tell him, and I forget again to tell him to call her, so he doesn't. So a couple of months after her second child is born, he's having dinner with one of our brothers, and the one who lives here, and who is very thoughtful for, on them for the most part, right, yeah. as much as anyone is. Mm-hmm. And uh, in my family, he's actually really good. But uh, so Phil's having dinner with my dad, and... Um, he calls me and he goes, hey, I could tell you a story about Dad. So we're sitting at lunch and uh, Dad goes, I was talking to, talking to Darla, our sister. And Phil goes, she took your call? And uh, my dad goes, is she mad at me? And Phil said, yeah, you know, they had another kid. You never acknowledged it. And my dad literally says, oh, well, does she know I don't care about any of your kids? Oh! And this is my brother Phil, what? proud father of four, by the way. And he said, and there's nothing you can do except laugh because he's not lying. Yeah. He does not. He does not care about any of their. He has not met his great grandchildren. Wow. Yeah, he's a piece of work, is what I'm saying. Wow. Uh, yeah, he and he does not particularly change. And uh, you're just like, dude. Sometimes he's very nice. Sometimes he's thoughtful, but he's literally he's had to have thought of it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and he's in Wisconsin. Yeah, he's in Milwaukee. Yeah. Is living in a some some apartment building with a bunch of old people. He said, uh, in West Milwaukee. Not like so, him. Not like him. Not not like eighty year old him. <laughs> right. And, uh, I love that. Yeah, that's pretty. These great. dang old people around me. Exactly. Would, so look in the 92 mirror. Ninety two year old guy. Yeah. That guy's old. Is he? Is he old? <laughs> he said, "I'm trying to talk to the VA and to give me a, a an eye lift." And I was like, "What face? You want a facelift now, Dad?" Seems late, late in the game. Yeah. And he's like, game's not over. <laughs> and I was like, well, good for you, man. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, uh... I got to write that down. <laughs> That's actually very funny. That is really, yeah, do write that down. <laughs> um, I need to ask you about something I saw. First of all, your Instagram. I love, there's two things at least that I want to talk about. Yes. Your uh, reviews of hotel room art. Oh I am God. enjoying those. <laughs> I don't know when you started. I just all of a sudden saw one. You know what? I don't know how long you're doing because I just kind of got back into Instagram, I don't know, six months ago. I love those. They're so stupid. 
and it's so stupid. And uh, hotel art in itself is, yeah, it's usually not that good. Nope. At all. And the fact that you're pointing them out and that you're in a new one every week, it's every so week. perfect. <laughs> Thank you. It's uh, It started, I don't know, probably two years ago on Snapchat. Oh, okay. And then you could you can save your snaps. Because snaps just go away in yeah. a day, right? Yeah. And I love Snapchat. I'm hiding currently on Snapchat uh, from almost everybody except for my youngest nieces and nephews. And uh, and they have all these different filters to make your face look funny. Yeah. So that's good times for me. Anyway, uh, but hotel art is hilarious <laughs> because I think it was like two years ago, I was like, what is with this? And then I started doing it and I pretended it was a series until it became a series. Yeah. It's, it's another <laughs> fake it till you make it moment. Uh-huh. And so like more than two people have said, this should be a series. And I'm like, not more than like a minute or so. Yeah. I don't know. It could be like its own special, but, uh, cause I might be able to put 22 of them together yeah. and that's about it. And I always, I always am exhausted and I'm like, knock out the hotel art <laughs> before you get to it. But I, I, it was hilarious. I, I did this gig with Maria in Maria Bamford yep. in Oklahoma city. And the hotel we stayed at was attached to an art museum. So there was so much hotel art, I could not stop laughing. If you scroll through my Instagram, you'll find it. There's real modern art. Oh, wow. Amazing art is everywhere. And I hated that hotel, by the way, uh, because I don't like a boutique hotel. Okay. If I walk into a hotel and there's someone, there's no desk there's just like Chad who's <laughs> got like some handheld device that he's going to check me in with. Over I... here, over here. No, 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 over here. I'm Chad. Right. How about Chadwick? S- just stand at a desk, sit at a desk. I don't know, get in a pop secret couch. I don't care. Just right. let there be a stationary place that I go to. Yeah. I've turned into the accidental. I travel so much for work. I've turned into the accidental tourist. Mm-hmm. So That's great. <laughs> just like I want it to be the same. You know, I do that podcast with Lori Kilmartin. Oh, yeah. Where uh, we just bitch about stand up. Mm-hmm. And um, I love a Hampton Inn. With the power of the sun. Sometimes they're a little junky if they're older. But for the most part, they're exactly the same. They are the low end of Hilton properties, right? Okay. Um, or somewhere in the middle. or so I don't know what it is. But it isn't well, the Well, they're fancy. not high end because I've been in one. Right. Right. <laughs> they're not the fancy Hiltons. Yeah. They're more normal, like, for the rest of us. Yep. So, uh, and I love it because every morning there's free cup of waffle breakfast. Uh, a lot of hotels are doing it now, but yeah. uh, but they have that. I don't want a cup of waffle breakfast, but I want the option. Okay. I love the idea that if I'm hungry, I could go down, if I can get up before 10 or <laughs> right. 9 or whatever, right. and get, and then they always have free coffee. The business center is always the same. The Wi-Fi is always free. The parking's always free. It's just, it's it's, it's the same yeah. every time. And I love it. And it, there's a manager of a Hampton Inn who, um, who sent, who the other day sent uh just a big box of stuff from the Hampton Inn because he listens to Jackie and Lori. He sent name tags for where me did he and send, Lori. How did he, where did he send it? To Meltdown Comics, oh, okay. care of Jackie and Lori, because oh, okay. that's where we record. All right. And, um, yeah, he just, so I, he sent me like a five pound bag of malt of a waffle mix. And then he sent me some name tags and some free protein bars or candy bars or whatever. (laughs) And then a coffee mug that says Hampton Inn, which I'm actually quite excited about that the most. Yes, I'm. Yeah. Who doesn't like a free travel mug? Uh Uh-uh. They're always coming handy. Yeah. And I like the Hampton Inn. (laughs) 
<laughs> such a weird people listen to podcast podcast listeners are the best I'm blowing smoke you guys but it's <laughs> but it's true though because uh it it's such a, an intimate thing mm-hmm. where they feel like they know us because they're listening to us hours on end so the pancake stuff they sent you that's like the pre-made like it's already batter isn't it no oh no no, no, it's just powder. Oh, it's just powder that you. Yeah, add. they make it. I mean, it's. I think it's just like Bisquick. Okay, okay. But they just you just add water and pray. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I've tried to use that waffle maker at the Hampton Inn. Yeah. I have to. Do I have to flip it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You turn it over. Yeah. <laughs> I. Uh, I. I have a Hampton Inn story. I. My my wife's grandmother comes to. She lives in South Carolina. Stays at a Hampton Inn whenever she comes to Minnesota to visit. But a year ago, we went to go see her. Uh, hey, go ahead, you know, we meet at the hotel. Go out and have some dinner. First, she's like, "Hey, we have a pool. It has a slide. You know, you have the girls. You know, why don't you guys play for a little bit? Like an hour before we go to eat. So we do that. Bring our suits. We get to the pool, and it's too late. They it had been shut down. Aha! Uh-huh. Grandma, big baller grandma, goes to the front desk with 50 bucks and goes will you open the pool back up for my uh my great grand uh, step great grandkids they opened it back up yeah. for an hour yeah yeah do you know why yeah. uh because 50 bucks to someone who works at a hampton inn isn't chump change no that's good times uh-huh good for her yeah i like that she tips like a baller oh, and yes. here's the thing about the word baller uh i i just did boston with maria bamford okay and we did uh and the hampton wait the Har- the Harvard Lampoon said to us, "Do you want to do uh, get a tour?" Okay, and we we're like, "Yeah, yeah, that sounds neat." It's in this old. There's a there's a new documentary actually on Netflix about the the Harvard Lampoon. Oh, okay. Um, it, it's it's something like it's not Infinite Jest, but it it sounds like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It sounds like one of those hipstery kind of names. Okay, <laughs> that makes me knee jerk create tell everyone to get a job. Anyway, so um, the uh, <laughs> um, but the so we go to the Hampton the Hampton I keep saying it now the Harvard Lampoon offices which is in this like two hundred and fifty year old building it looks like a tiny Hogwarts it's adorable and uh, we go up and we go upstairs and it's you know thirty everybody it's the writer the comedy writers the 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 marketing Lampoon people the art Lampoon people all of them okay men and women. All about 20, all incredibly good looking, like super shiny, dental. Like it's all been working out for them. They go to Harvard, uh, but they're 20, so they all have solo cups in their hands and they're getting (laughs) hammered. (laughs) And Maria and I are just staring at each other, going, How long do we have to last? (laughs) And uh, so we last about, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. And it's like, Well, it's been great. Thanks for showing us the library. It was one room that we were trapped in for this 20 minutes. They said, for another 10 minutes, we'd love to induct you into the Harvard Lampoon. And we're like, okay, an hour later. It took an hour. And they put on, uh, it was like baby Illuminati, essentially. There were candles and masks. They locked us in the basement. They grilled us about what we thought the Harvard Lampoon meant. It doesn't mean anything. Spoiler alert. It's a joke magazine. Yeah. Um, but it went on for so long. They put us in the basement. They we had to walk past all the haircuts uh, with candles to get to an office. They gave us uh, these lan- these lanyards with like Harvard Lampoon medals. It was very cool. But Maria hates masks. She hates masks. She doesn't like. 
I hate pageantry. So together, <laughs> we were. she was getting slightly freaked out, mm-hmm. and I was getting irritated. Yeah. And so I just kept saying, pretend it's a LARP. Pretend it's a LARP. It's a live-action role-playing game yeah, yeah, yeah. where the only catering is booze. <laughs> and uh, And she's like... This okay. This has to stop, and I was like, "It's going to be over in a minute. We'll go get dinner. It'll be fine." And so it was. It was. It was over. They were very nice. They seem like very nice young men and women, and they will one day run Hollywood. And yeah, right. I, they will say, "We met you," <laughs> and I'll say, "Oh, I can't even remember my own name some days. I'm so sorry." And but it was. It was kind of fun, and the the Boston crowd was amazing. I did. Uh, I did. I headlined a, a club on Long Island. And then I went to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, the night that the Eagles played somebody to get into the Super Bowl. And so... The Vikings? Was it the Vikings? Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I knew that the Eagles were playing somebody important because nobody showed up to my comedy club. Yeah. That was a pretty big event here. It was a big event. (laughs) Here and there. Yeah. And you'll be happy to know I was rooting for the Vikings. (laughs) Sure you were. And if I went... At the time, when I heard... Because if I hear... And it's and it's the Vikings or the Packers. I always go. Well, I hope they win. Right. I know more people who give a shit uh-huh. about those two teams than anyone else. Right. And uh, and when they play each other, I have to lean toward the Packers because I know more people who care about the Packers right. than the Vikings. Um, and uh, know in your hearts that I don't care about either of them. And I hope it all works out. The uh, last two weeks of this podcast have been very heavy uh, football, the Super Bowl, as you can imagine. Last week, Tim Harmston headlined. Oh, my God, who is a big Packer fan. Yes. He was on the Dork Forest talking about the Packers. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. A week before, Cy Amundsen. Oh, my God. Who actually a huge works Viking. for SportsCenter now. Yeah, yeah. No, he's yeah. got a SportsCenter gig. Yeah. So uh, this is this this week has been different. There has not, there's been a uh, oh, yeah. 99% less uh, football talk. Exactly. Allow me to tell you about Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Star Trek we deserve, not the one we need. I would like the Star Trek oh, to be God. better. Oh, my God. My wife and I wanted to go, we wanted to pick a new show to watch together, you know, like a binge thing. And we had uh... like, and that is a thing. Oh, for Let's sure. Let's pick a new binge thing. Yeah, that doesn't sound ill at all. <laughs> that doesn't sound like anybody's got an illness. Right. Anyway, oh, where, where do I start? And um, we were like, how about Star Trek? How about one of the Star Treks? And I was like, you know, I think I really liked that one. I don't God, there's been so many I can't remember. We go to Netflix and we're searching through the Star Treks. Uh, we picked the wrong one. Oh, really? What'd you pick? Uh, was it Voyager? I think it's from, it's a nine. Allow me to storm out of here. It's a nine. Maybe that wasn't it. It was a nineties one. And we watched two episodes and I went, oh God, this is not it. You can't watch two episodes of a Star Trek, especially from the first season because they're all broken right away. It takes four episodes, even the new one. And the new one is more Star Wars than Star Trek. Here's the thing. Here's what I here's what I want from my Star Treks. Okay. I want enlightenment. I want higher ground. I want people to pick the high road. I want noblesse oblige. I want uh, a lot of sort of supercilious white people becoming enlightened. That's okay. what I want. And uh, if we can, let's put some people of color in there, and then all of humanity is getting enlightened. Yeah. And so that's discovery. 
takes place before the Kirk Spock Star Trek. And this is the newest one, right? That's the, one the newest one right that's now. on CBS that you have to pay for. Six bucks a month from CBS. Oh, jeez. It's dumb. Uh, we did it anyway. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, it takes place before the original Star Trek. Okay. So it's before the Enlightenment, before the Federation is enlightened. Yeah. The Prime Directive and all of these things. It is entirely about the war with the Klingons. So it's about mediocre people making terrible life choices and being at war. And then occasionally, like in the first episode, you meet essentially the Star Trek I wanted to see. Okay. The, 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 that, that officer. Well, spoiler alert. Uh, no, it's not going to be about her. It's going to be about Spock's, uh, essentially foster sister. Oh, okay. Uh, Spock, uh, Spock's dad, Sarek, uh, that character is in it. And, um, and we follow his, uh, this human adoptee who was raised on Vulcan and she, um, is awesome. And this is, this show is awesome, but it's super dark. It's a dark war filled Star Trek. Wow. Which makes it more like Serenity and Firefly. Okay. And less like Star Trek. Except for that Firefly was about smugglers with a heart of gold. (laughs) And uh, this Star Trek is about mediocre humans who are in charge of a war effort. And I'm like, we're living in that. Right. We don't need more of that. Yeah, I was expecting you to say that. Yeah. Boo. (laughs) Anyway, I I thoroughly like it, though. Okay. (laughs) Because it is incredibly well done. The other thing I wanted to, uh, I'm going to check the, yeah, oh, geez, yeah, we should wrap this up soon. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about on your Instagram is you were somewhere with Mark Hamill, some sort of fundraiser? Yeah, Lady Parks Justice. Luke Skywalker. Yeah. You were with Luke Skywalker. He painted, uh, a, he painted a cartoon of the Joker who he's been playing on Batman yes, for 25 vo- yes, years, right? Yes, Joker, awesome. And he he drew, and, and it's uh, it's at Lady Parks Justice, ladypartsjustice.com. You go to the the auction thing and you can get that you can auction to get that hand painted by mark hamill or a stormtrooper helmet that he glittered and made look like carol channing what uh yeah ridiculous anyway so uh but mark hamill hugged me and gave me a uh took a a photo with me and i was like oh my god this is the best speaking of sports aaron foley who has sports without balls and she loves sports above all things oh yeah, yeah i was writing with her the other day joke machine and she said to me so is meeting Mark Hamill sort of like if I met Derek Jeter? And I said, sure. Instead of... Who's Derek Jeter? Who's Derek Jeter? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. So LadyPartsJustice.com is, is a, it's a, it's, it's a comedic, it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of women in comedy. And Liz some guys, Winstead? Liz Winstead, who created The Daily Show. Mm-hmm. She has started an organization called Lady Parts Justice. And what it does is it, 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 they make, um... They expose, like, at the state level, there's all these crazy uh, laws saying, like, uh, you have to make a fetus as a person. The woman carrying the fetus is not a person. She doesn't get to pick. But that fetus is a full-blown person with rights. The woman carrying the fetus, not a person. But where's the fetus 
should get to write home and have a vote and all of these things. So we, it has to be born. Oh but the woman carrying the fetus is just, I'm so sorry, she's a cow. And we're going to eat her. And uh, But we're the fetus is a... Per- and so there's all these weird laws that are happening at the state level. And Liz Winstead has lost her... She's just furious. Mm-hmm. And so she makes... A, her and all these young women comics and just women comics make... Um, videos uh, uh, exposing all these different laws that are uh, go to the board yeah. and like in Michigan they had this thing where it was a vaginal abdomen if you wanted to get an abortion in Michigan you had to uh, go through an ultrasound for sure and they had to do an invasive ultrasound where they stuck a an ultrasound rod up your vagina and you're like if you could not actually fuck me with that vagina rod, uh, uh, just to remind me of how I got into this situation, yeah. that'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, and nobody's telling you who to jerk off, which hand to jerk off with. Anyway, nobody's <laughs> legislating that. No. And uh, so the um, there was so this one woman state senator was like, "We can't pass this vaginal abdomen." Uh, abdominal, vaginal, vans, trans, whatever the hell it was called, but that's what it was sort of called. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about it. And one of the one of the guys who instigated the bill, because it's always some guy, sure, who would like to orchestrate and control. And he said, "You have to stop saying vagina." Okay, that's the medical term for the part. Did you want me to call it a pussy? Would you like me to call it my, my slit? What would you? I mean, some weird. What do you want right. to sleeve? Sheath? I'm so confused. Right. So he said you can't say vagina anymore because it's gross. And she was like, "Wow, it's in the name of the bill." And he goes, yeah. "Well, use a different word." And she said, "Like what?" And he said, "How about lady parts?" Wow. Yeah. Wow. So uh, Liz Winstead named her organization LadyPartsJustice.com instead of VaginalJustice.com, yeah. which I'm sure would have been grossing out everyone. Anyway, but <laughs> LadyPartsJustice.com, you can still donate it because they make videos, they tour, they visit pro- mostly not Planned Parenthoods because Planned Parenthood gets separate donations. They visit privately held women's health clinics. Uh, most of them provide abortions, but they mostly provide pap smears and mammograms and other health stuff to poor people. Yeah. And they go as a group, they'll go to uh, like, they'll go to Mississippi to the last privately owned uh, health clinic for women. Um, and they'll like bring flowers and make them lunch. And they like build little fences because the protesters will get right up to the window and pound on the windows where people are sitting in the waiting room sure. to get a pap smear. And they're like, you're killing your baby. And you're like, no, just getting a mammogram over here. All right, keep yelling. Yeesh. Anyway, so they build fences and they build tr- plant gardens and they bring them lunch wow, and they awesome. tell them that they're not monsters. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, and so they do good work. So ladypersjustice.com is a great thing to donate to if you believe uh, that women should get to, uh, that are that women are people. <laughs> if you believe that women are actual people who shouldn't have their uh, left arm regulated, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I, I'm with you. The air people. Anyway, Mark Hamill was there for that event. And Mark Hamill, Greg Proops, mm-hmm. Andy Richter, mm-hmm. Jeff Ross, Sarah Silverman, uh, Ada Rodriguez, myself, 
um, and what was her name? Chelsea Kane, an actress, not Chelsea Kane, the horror writer, uh, who I mixed her up with Chelsea Kane, the thriller horror writer. And she was like, there's a woman named Chelsea Kane who writes thrillers and horror. And I was like, yeah, she was on the Dork Forest. You don't look anything like her, but I thought you were her. Oh, And she was like... Well, I'm going to look her up. She was so nice to me. <laughs> the Chelsea Kane, the actress. So you were saying to her that we've met before. Uh-huh. Oh, oops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oopsie. Got social skills at a minimum. Yeah. Walking around. Free. Free at last. <laughs> Clearly, I need to be regulated. <laughs> nice job. Nice job. Um... Did you get did you get to ask Mark Hamill any star? Did you nerd out with any Star Wars questions or did you just play cool? I t- I, I decided to be super cool and uh, tell him how much I liked his Joker. Oh, uh, nobody and, says no. Everybody says Luke. Yeah. Nobody says Joker. Right. And uh, Andy, my husband, got to work with him once on a video game. So I talked to him about that. Oh, okay. And I said, you worked with my husband. That was my in. That was my in. Perfect. I was like, my husband worked Perfect. with you. Uh, I'm not just coming up to you. Uh, my husband worked with you on a video for a video game for THQ. Uh, he was like, oh, I remember doing a video game for THQ. What was it called? And I said, I think it was like Darksiders or something. He was like. Yeah. He said, my husband said you were incredibly great. You were just great. Actually, Andy told me that Mark Hamill, he he bookended into this voiceover recording thing that he had agreed to do, right? Uh-huh. So he comes in, Andy's producing, and uh, Mark Hamill spent a half an hour answering everyone's Star Wars questions, taking selfies, taking pictures with people. And uh, he, Andy said it was almost to the minute, a half an hour. He was okay. like, okay, let's uh, let's knock this out. So he put, he books it into like the guy knows how to be Luke Skywalker. Awesome. It's it, it gives back to the fans, and 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 I just think of 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 him working with Liz Winstead and how great that is. That's really cool. It's like it's like it's so much proof that there are so many decent mm-hmm. straight white guys, and <laughs> just they're just they genuinely are. Yeah. they're just they're just people. Everyone's just people, and they're and some of them are straight white guys, <laughs> and they're good guys. Yeah, it would have been. I, I'm thankful that he uh, is not a jerk and a bad guy. Yeah, for someone that I thought How was the coolest since I was a little boy. <laughs> uh, I have to say this: as I saw the new Star Wars movie, and I loved how whiny he was because yeah. Luke Skywalker has always been a fucking whiner, uh-huh. and he's a whiner to the end. Yeah, you're right. And but what I do love, and this might be a little spoiler. So hold your ears or go see the damn movie. Yeah, what's taking uh, so long? It's been months. And uh, so he literally at one point says, what, do you want me to stand in front of an army with a light sword? And she says back, sometimes people need the illusion. Sometimes need the illusion of a hero. Yeah. And then he stands in front of an army with a light sword as, as an, an illusion. illusion. And the only reason they believe it is because he's Luke Skywalker. And that's the character. Yes. He's a legend. Yes. Oh, that was it. Not an illusion. They She called him a legend. Sometimes they need the legend of a hero more than the hero. Yeah. And so the only reason this, they believed he was standing there and that he would have survived that barrage that emo Kylo Ren sent at him. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's the only reason they believed he was real was because of the legend. I wish you would have been in the car with me after I saw it the first time. Because you were kind of yeah critical. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. That'll happen. A little bit. I yeah. I the th- I I tend to 
I, I tend to walk into those movies remembering I'm no longer 11. <laughs> and I was like, just try to find your inner 11-year-old. Yeah. Because otherwise you're not going to like it because mm-hmm. you're a grown-up lady. And you can see gaping holes. <laughs> yeah. But you know what was one of my favorite movies of the last year, superhero-wise, would have been that star, uh, the Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, okay. Michael Keaton as the Vulture. Yeah. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. Like literally knocked it out of the park because the vulture is lame in the comic books the lamest (laughs) and yet michael keaton turned him into a real super villain yeah like you're like oh that guy that guy's smart and weird (laughs) now if that doesn't sum up jackie cation the fact that you know that either there's a difference or there's something the same sure similar i'm looking forward to black panther man (laughs) i bet you are (laughs) yeah and it's so funny because that guy who um who's writing black panther the comic book his name is tanahashi coates i think that's it tanahashi coates okay and uh his last name's coates first name tanahashi and uh i only know him from black panther oh my god he's famous so famous as like a political analysis. He's a journalist. Oh. He's a he's a guest lecturer. He's got all these. He's got movie projects with Oprah, and I'm like, no, oh, that's the guy who writes Black Panther. <laughs> he's a, he's, he's doing a great. Guy. He's a great great job. Black Panther and the crew. You know where he gets together with Storm. <laughs> they were married. You know, back in the eighties. Oh, no, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, is there anything else we, uh, we should mention or put a bow uh, just, on this uh, thing? Oh, yeah. I think we're good. Uh, think Dork we're good. Forest, uh, Jackie and Laurie. Yes. And uh, I'm not the hero of the story. And uh, come come to Acme because it's the best. Absolutely. Come see Jackie and follow her all over the place. Listen to her stuff. It's all good. And come see somebody else at Acme uh, if I'm not here. Yeah. Because it's always going to be good. This, this week, Jackie Cation. Next week, Chris Porter. Chris Porter with the haircut, you guys. Come yeah. On do it didn't recognize him (laughs) but i have that face thing which is often called (laughs) self-absorption thanks jackie